Hi, this is James Joachim, host of Webcomics Reviews and Interviews. Today we're reviewing Supercell, Synthetic Life, Android Blues. So sit back, relax, and let the Geek Fest begin. First off, shout out to our friends over at SynthetWebComics.com. Established in 2002, they are arguably the largest depository of webcomics online. If you're looking for something interesting, be it superheroes, sci-fi, fantasy, slice of life, they can obviously hook you up. They've got a little bit of everything and a lot of different levels of experience as well as different types of medium. Definitely check them out. Also, if you're trying to set yourself up as a comic, they have a really great hosting plan so you can basically get right into the center of it all. Again, you're looking to set yourself up, you're looking for something to read, check out the duckwebcomics.com. Also, if you like what you hear on this podcast today, please help us out over at patreon.com slash two sparrows. T-W-O. We have tips, tricks, and a lot of other great stuff for anybody who's trying to set themselves up in comics, from marketing to affirmations to just general tips in general. We also have a few unedited interviews. So definitely spend a couple bucks over there. We'll definitely appreciate it. That said, today we're doing reviews. The scale is pretty simple. So one to five, we're looking at the right, we're looking at the art, we're looking at the design itself. In all cases, we're basically looking for something that's sort of interesting. It doesn't have to be original. It just has to be interesting. With writing, it has to be nice and consistent. Development is definitely key, both of character and plot. And again, go with the tropes, avoid the cliches. The art, crisp, clear, and sequential. You can have all these really cool master paintings, but that's not quite what we're looking for here. We're looking for stuff that's fun, that's interesting, that's bright, that's vibrant. That basically is something you want to read. And last but not least, we're looking at web design itself, because obviously we are a webcomic thing. And unfortunately, that is part of the deal. What we're looking for is not just basically can we navigate from page to page. There's also the question of what else have you done? You know, we're looking for fresh archives. We're looking for cast information. We're looking for synopsis. We're looking about you. So again, one to five, everything's totaled up, given an average. Expect fractions. Also, URLs to the various webcomics will be in this show notes as well, so check those out if you're interested in the comics and you didn't quite grasp the URL when we first said it. So like I said, we've got three comics on the slate. They are Supercell. Synthetic Life, and Android Blues. First up is Supercell. Love the comic, and my apologies to the author, because I know I'm going to get a lot of these names way off. But we're going to have to give it a try anyway, right? So, set up in the Nazareatan Cultural Exchange Academy, this is the story of Cal Nazareth, who's basically a child soldier. She goes to the academy and is learning everything she possibly can about war. Her biggest problem is that, well, she has to deal with her father, who's a little bit standoffish. Unfortunately, things are going to get to a climax because one of the ghosts from her father's past is about to make things really interesting for all the Academy students. And by extension, Kale herself. Supercell is a really great comic. It has some incredible writing, a really great little art style, and I love the web design. Basically, what we're looking at in terms of the writing is that we're looking at some really great character and plot development. In essence, we've got Kale, who's basically a child soldier who's also a secret weapon of sorts, is basically being trained by her father in order to be the best that she can possibly be. Unfortunately, this means she has certain 
she let's just say she's the type that tends to act before she actually thinks everything all the way through. Of course, when she does think everything all the way through, it can lead to some really incredible results. And we actually get to see some of these things happen. More importantly, we get to see some of her training and we get to see what she can actually pull off. And what she can do, especially in terms of the comic, is just absolutely nothing short of spectacular. However, at the same time, you get to see all these really cool layers to her character. And more importantly, you get to see layers to the Academy as well as everything starts to expand. We get to see a really great faculty We that's really well developed. I mean, we've got some characters that have some really lengthy backstory. And what's really cool is this is taken care of in nothing more than a few couple of lines every so often. So we've got this thing where all these curious characters, we find out a lot about them as we go. And we're finding little bits and pieces of it. And as we tally up the jigsaw puzzle that makes up each one of these characters and then we can see how each one of these characters lines up in terms of the overall jigsaw puzzle well it's just an absolutely incredible quilt of just about everything you'd like to see on top of that the background of the world itself is pretty well developed they even have a really great little magic system that i've got to figure out how to pull off in D&D, which is called the ken row system it's sort of really cool because it's not quite as developed as it is in other fantasy worlds, but nonetheless it is a major part of each character's life. I mean that in the most literal sense of the world because lacking a better description, this is what we'd call a furry comic. That is, you've got a lot of really great character designs, but a lot of these are pretty much anthropomorphic. And that's in fitting with the magic system because while the magic system is a little bit on like radiation, it tends to spill out into pretty much everything. And one of the ways that it tends to spill out is that each one of the characters is affected by it in a totally random, weird way. The only real limitation is that when Kinro affects a person in terms of before they're born, that person is pretty much going to be a viable per- person. However, the exact what the person actually ends up being is, well, let's just say it gets weird. You can have a person who's a snake a person who's a rabbit, a person who's a bird, all in the same family. Except, of course, that when it comes to mating with other people, generally speaking, the stuff works about where it should be. I emphasize generally because there are a few exceptions here and there. But what this means is you have the option for an incredibly vibrant, incredibly gorgeous comic that absolutely has everything you like to see in terms of character design. You know, you've got to see characters that... Kale's father, for example, is well the snake in question. And this is somebody who's absolutely royal, and it shows. This is somebody who would definitely do come straight out of Indian mythology. You know, he's got the majesty. He's got the royalty. He's got the, I am here, and you cannot possibly ignore me because I am the centerpiece of everything type of feel to him. And it works for that character. Kel's a little bit more floppy, a little bit more interesting, a little bit more fluid, as opposed to her brother, who I'm known to get genders and all that wrong, but that's part of what makes this such a great comic, and I'll get to that in a moment. In essence, each character's design says a lot about who that character is right off the get-go, and by studying what that character looks like, you get a great feel for that person's personality as well, which is sort of cool. When I'm starting to say this is a furry comic, I mean that in the best possible sense. That is, you get the sense of freedom that every furry comic has, but you don't get a lot of the silliness. You get a really nice, serious comic that delves into some really great psychological issues, and it just 
is absolutely incredible in terms of character design, in terms of not just the character's physical design, but also how the person thinks as well. That is, each one of the characters has a very consistent thought pattern, even though they have the obvious, the usual range of emotions. And again, that's sort of cool. You know, you get everybody has a very baseline personality, but they get to see a lot of really cool things going on. You get to see characters get mad. You get to see them have a little bit of fun. You get to see them get really serious. Like I said, when you start seeing a lot of really cool character development, that's part of that. You get to see what ticks the characters off, what makes them happy, and it just goes back to that whole jigsaw thing. You get to see a lot of really cool things going on as those particular puzzles tend to get built up. But you get to see a lot of weirdness in there as well, especially in terms of this is not your average straight-laced comic by any stretch of the imagination, and that makes it so much more glorious. You get to see some characters that are exploring their emotions for the first time, because again, this is at an academy. So even though you've got the faculty is more or less stuck in who they are, you still have the kids, a lot of the teenagers, who are just trying to figure out who they are. And you get to see this in so many different ways, it's sort of really cool. I mean, you get to see their crushes, you get to see what makes them tick, you get to see them trying to overcome the various flaws. With Kel, for example, you've got the problem that she tends to be a little bit of a rash thinker, and occasionally she has to slow things down and think it through. This is what makes her happy. This is where she gets to be the medium between her friends, Oz and Al. With Oz, you get more of a carefree type, but at the same time, you get somebody who's definitely on a career track. And it's sort of fun to see this happen because, well, he's nice and he's laid back, but at the same time, there's a certain level of ambition behind that character that's sort of really cool to watch when it comes to unfolding. Given he also has sort of a dark past and that his parents were well, killed in an attack, and he was adopted, and because of that, he gets into the academy by that way. It's just sort of fun to see what happens with him. Then you have Al, who's, ironically, the more... She's the most explosively emotional of the three, which is sort of ironic, considering she also tends to be the most highly illogical the most. I mean, she tends to think things through to the absolute nth degree. The only problem, of course, is that this means she tends to be, well, when she gets into combat mode, she tends to be way too analytical, and this means that she tends to make sacrifices that make perfectly logical sense as far as winning the war goes, but they don't necessarily make great emotional sense. Of course, the fun part about this is that she's starting to undergo a major emotional birth. She's having to deal with crushes and a lot of other issues, and it's just making her the most interesting in terms of the, her emotional range of the three characters. And like I said, you've got some other characters to go along with this. At the same time, you've got this really cool war that's about to happen right at this academy because, well, the academy is basically an olive branch. It's basically saying, hey, we've got to basically work together or we're screwed. And you have an organization that's come along to basically prove the point. And they've decided basically they're going to start with taking out the academy. So what's sort of cool is you get to see all these bad guys at the same time, their plans unfold. Plus, so you've got this really great little chess game just as much as you've got all this other stuff going on. So in terms of character and plot development, you've got a really awesome comic. I mean, straight up, in terms of the writing, you've got everything you possibly want. 
you've got some really great character development in terms of you've got some characters who are undergoing some definite crises and they're having to deal with those, while at the same time, the Academy itself is starting to come under attack. So not only are these people having to deal with their um, inner turmoils, but they're also having to deal with the outer as well. And between the two of them, you've just got a lot of really cool stuff going on. I mean, I really cannot recommend this comic higher in terms of its writing style. As far as the art goes, admittedly I can see a few room, a little bit of room for improvement here and there. The biggest problem, of course, is the backgrounds because they're just drawn way too simple. I mean, I, there's a lot of clutter, don't get me wrong. There's a lot, these are obviously lived-in areas. You know, you've got little details all over the place. You've got people with messy desks. You've got photographs. You've got painting all over the place. But at the same time, it just comes off as just a little too simplistic. That is, you can tell the difference between areas where people live versus people areas where people train or where people basically just walk through. And for an academy situation where you should be seeing a lot of posters all over the place, it just feels a little too sparse. Don't get me wrong. It's an incredibly great art style. You've got, I want to say Disney-esque in terms of the anthropomorphic stuff, but it's not quite right. It's just got something really cool going on there. I mean, you've got all the shadings there, all the colors are there. It's vibrant. It's brilliant. I mean, there's absolutely, it's absolutely gorgeous. This is like half a step away from becoming a cartoon. And I'm being that in the best possible sense, because let's get real, we've seen a lot of really bad cartoons. But there's some really cool stuff going on in terms of the style, and I think this would really look great animated. But what's arguably the best possible thing about this comic is the character designs. Again, you've got this situation where you've got this, for lacking a better phrasing, a radiation leaking all over the place that changes everybody's phenotypes, and it definitely mutates everybody in all the weirdest possible ways. Sometimes it's simple, sometimes it's really complicated, but the bottom line is you've got all these really cool character designs and they're absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you've got people that are running around with snakes, you've got birds, you've got mammals of just about every type and type. I mean, you've got even insects running around. This is just absolutely glorious in terms of the character designs. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Like I said, there's a few flaws as far as the art style goes, but generally speaking, yeah, this is definitely something you've got to see to believe. I mean, it's just something I cannot recommend again highly enough. I mean, like I said, there's a few problems, but it's just overall, I just cannot believe how great this art is. The web design itself is something that definitely needs to be talked about here because, well... Like I said, it's really great to see an archive and an about us and a cast and that sort of thing. But in this case, you actually have the web comic itself. The web design itself actually goes through and actually explores the world itself. You get to find out a little bit more about how the Ken Row works. You get to find a little bit more about the characters. And overall, you get a general sense of the characters even before you start reading the comics. So going back to that jigsaw puzzle I was describing earlier... You get a few pieces here and there out of the character descriptions, as well as how the magic system works, as well as a little bit about how the history of the place works. And all of these really great little pieces are coming out to make some really great puzzles when it comes to characters and overall plot. I mean, straight up, it's just 
it's not only is it a gorgeous web design, I mean, whoever designed this actually had some serious fun as far as the web design goes. And, were able, and the author definitely came in and helped a bunch. I mean, it's just... If I had to basically look for a, a really nice little simple web design that absolutely worked incredibly well, yeah, this is definitely it. The only major strike against the web design is that I don't really like the light blue on top of the black. It's just, I, to me, it's not high enough contrast. And given the amount of text that you actually have to read through, yeah, it just doesn't come off that well to me. I think that's the only major strike. I mean, there's a few minor issues here and there. But overall, yeah, this is a great site. I wish, the, like I said, the text needs to be a little bit higher contrast. But other than that, it's an absolutely gorgeous website. All told, this means a supercell gets a four for the writing. Again, great character development, great plot development. It's just occasionally it tends to get a little crazy. You know, you're taking way too much energy to the fact that it's a webcomic and the pacing is just off a little bit. But overall, incredible story. The art, absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it, there's minor flaws here and there. Like I said, the biggest problem I've got is that you have way too many argue, way too many areas that are just a little too sparse. This is a academy. I get that they're basically a war footing, but let's get real. If you look at basic training units all over the place, you get to see all the posters that are pretty much dotting the landscape. And I just wish there were a few more things here and there. But overall, the art is absolutely gorgeous. You get an easy five here. Web design. Again, this is arguably one of the best design sites I think I've seen in a long time. It's just, like I said, there's a little bit of problem with the text. But other than that... This is a really well-designed site. So that's a total. That's a five there. That comes down to a total of four and two-thirds. Really great site. And in case you're sure, just to make sure. Because again, you've got to check this site out. It's Supercell Comic at SupercellComic.com S-U-P-E-R-C-E-L-L Comic.com And again, you've got to check this thing out. It definitely deserves four and two-thirds. Next up is Synthetic Life at slwebcomic.com. Basically, in the United States 2050s, there's a secret organization that sells off unique AIs to different people upon license approval. These people basically get a kit, they have to build this kit and customize it as desired, and then allow that android to basically infiltrate society as a whole. Not everybody knows about it. In fact, this is a pretty much well-kept secret. Except, of course, that you do have another organization that's basically trying to track these androids down and, well, eliminate them. Entering into this mix, one Sean Flaherty. He ends up building an android, calling her Michelle, and, well, he basically treats her as, well, for lack of a better phrase, a, his older daughter. The only problem, of course, is that there is a plot complication that his wife, Crystal, well, she's having a child herself, a real child, and is obviously having a little bit of a jealous problem with Michelle. Of course, you've also got Nigel, Sean's father, who helps out trying to smooth the edges around as well as take on Michelle every so often. And into this, you've also got Eric Lundstrom, who's in charge of the Android company and trying to basically keep things going. 
making funds for everybody is one Luki and Alinsky, who's, well, he's the next businessman who likes going after and destroying all the various androids you can find and encouraging others to do so. So basically what you have is a futuristic world where people are trying to basically set up androids and you've also got another person who's trying to destroy them whenever you possibly can. Ultra simple version. But at the same time, you've got some really cool stuff going on. Out of the three webcomics we're looking with today, this is probably the one that would definitely fall under acquired taste. It's got some really good stuff going on, but overall there's enough issues that yeah, it's definitely going to be more of the acquired taste. It sort of tries to mix the sci-fi angle that is, you've got androids are just a, basically a new technology that are being introduced to everybody, while at the same time, you've got this really weird situation you're trying to also pull off a slice-of-life situation. And the two of them don't always go well together because you've just got way too many minor issues that keep popping up. The, like I said, the big problem you've got is that you're trying to mix the angle and it's just, you've got way too many coincidences that just tend to do weird things with each other. You know, you've got these people that are trying to track down these androids. The problem is that the androids are really, really rare, so people have to keep a really special eye on looking for people that are just a little bit different. And when they track these people down, they've got to investigate and confirm that these people actually are androids. The problem is that the androids can act just enough like regular people that you really have to pay attention. You know, if you look another way for just a second, you'll miss something. You've got one android, for example, who fixes dinner for his wife and is mistaken for fixing dinner for himself. He then, at the end of the night, goes ahead, plugs himself in, but does it so easily that, you know, so covertly that the people watching him don't quite catch him doing it. I mean, it's just, you've got way too many issues where there's coincidences backing these androids up. Straight up, if you've got these people that are keeping an eye on androids for that long a period of time, they should be reasonably easily detect given all the various limitations that androids have. Not the least of which is that they do have to plug in and repower and recharge every so often. The other weakness that pops up a lot is that androids apparently can't drink water. If they do, bad things happen. Also, they, like Seth pointed out, they have problems eating. You know, the person was doing making food for somebody else, not necessarily that person himself. Because that's pretty easy to tell just by watching how often people eat or drink, whether or not that person's an android. You'd think they'd overcome that weakness by now. The other problem is, is that I'm not, and I'm not sure if it's just because there's way too many characters or what, is that a lot of these two characters tend to be two-dimensional. That is, they tend to have their flaws, they tend to have their personality traits, don't get me wrong, but they don't tend to go beyond that. That is, it seems like they're almost being a little bit too robotic themselves. While it may sound like I'm pointing these characters out as cliches, they're more tropes. That is, they do work as characters, don't get me wrong, and you've got some really cool stuff going on in terms of character development because you do have some characters that do tend to advance a little bit. But generally speaking, like I said, I think there's just way too many characters in this cast and it needs to be whittled down a little bit. Plus, there needs to be a little bit more focus. Like I said, you're trying to basically combine a really nasty, norish sci-fi plot where you've got androids are trying to come into their own while at the same time being hunted down. 
So you've got a little bit of a Blade Runner thing going on. But at the same time, you've got Michelle is actually trying to interact with the local school. And while this can lead to some interesting problems every so often, you know, and unfortunately, they're the predictable sort because she's a little bit stronger, a little bit more endurance, and she doesn't sweat, plus she doesn't drink, and she's being an athlete. So, you know, it's just... But the characters are pretty strong. Like I said, they're, they're more tropish than they are cliche, which is, I know is a weird way of looking at it, but what I'm basically trying to say is these characters actually do work. You actually get to see some of these characters advance their plots. Uh, the most obvious is Crystal, who is major jealous of Michelle. Again, Crystal's in the weird position of trying to have her own baby, and she's at the same time, her husband's putting all this focus onto this android. You know, basically a child that's not hers. And so it's causing some fr- friction in the marriage between the two of them because of that. So y- you've got some really good character stuff going on. Don't get me wrong. It's just, I think there's a little... Th- too much of a you know everybody's just too more program which is sort of ironic when you think about it but nonetheless you've got some really great plot development going on you've got some really great stuff going on it's just i think there needs to be a whittling down somewhere of the characters to some degree or something it's just need more standout characters is all some really great stuff is going on it's just like yeah well, I'm struggling with it because you've got some, like I said, it's a really great comic. It's just when you've got a really great comic, sometimes the flaws are, tend to be a little bit glaring. You know what I mean? The art style, on the other hand, tends to be a little bit more simplistic. I want to say it's almost crumbish, which I know isn't quite accurate, but it's sort of like you get that really simplistic manga, fi- manga feel, but at the same time, you've got some really other cool stuff going on in terms of art. So you've got some really great backgrounds you've also got some really curious character designs you can definitely tell who everybody is it's, there's no clones here which is sort of cool usually when you start looking at manga type stuff you start seeing basically people that are pretty much cloned from one to another you don't have that here even when you have two people that are total identical twins at least they should be identical twins they have enough visually visual references that make them separate so that I think is commendable in and of itself. There's some minor glares with the art style. Like I said, it's a little too simplistic. I mean, straight up, this could be some really cool stuff. It's just the artist needs to have a little bit more fun with what's going on. Is all. It's you've got to see this comic. I mean, it's going to be. It's definitely an acquired taste. I think what's driving me crazy about the art style is that the textures are all there, the shading is all there, the colors are all there. It's just the underlining ink work itself just seems to be sort of lacking. It just tends to be a little sim- more simplistic than what I'm used to because that tends to be a little bit rough. So when you've got this really rough art style when it comes down to the actual ink work itself, at the same time you've got all these really cool textures, all these really great shadings, all these really great colors going on. It just creates a really weird type of dissonance. And I think who's ever doing the art needs to figure out exactly where they want the art style to be and keep it right there. Because I think if everything was pretty much at the same level, it would be brilliant. But it's just... Because of that, the art style tends to be just a little too glaring. I mean, like I said, you've got all these grassy knolls that have all those grass patches you've got with, you know, bad spots in them. 
So you've got some beautiful lawns there. It's not everything's not just that beautiful lawn. You've got metal buildings that have a little bit of rust to them. And like I said, you've got this really great shading. I mean, you can definitely tell where the light sources are. And in and of itself, from that perspective alone, it's some really great artwork. It's just when you start looking at the artwork itself, it tends to be a little bit of that rough manga thing that tends to drive people crazy. So overall, I think the overall art is pretty good. It just needs a little bit of work on the ink work itself. As far as the web design goes, this is actually pretty fair. I mean, you've got a lot of really great stuff going on. It's nice and simple. You've got all the various areas are pretty well marked out. You've got an archive. You've got the cast. You've got an actual fan gallery. You know, you've got somebody who's actually trying to do some marketing because there's an actual banners page. So if you see this comic and you want to advertise it, hey, just go over to the banners and grab something and hey, you're good to go. Um, even though I wish the banners were a little bit more symbolic of the comic itself, you know, the whole hand with a logo attached just doesn't quite work for me. But overall, the web design is actually pretty decent. So you've got some really good stuff. That's arguably the best part about the comic. You know, like I said, it stays invisible. It tells you when it's updating, which is on Tuesdays and Fridays. And you've got some really great stuff going on in the artwork of the art of the website itself. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> so overall, writing we're looking at a nice solid three. There's some really cool stuff going on, but I think there's way too big of a cast for this particular type of comic. It needs to be winnowed down a little bit. Also, there's a little bit more focus needs to be put on the plot. Either that or the two different branchings where you've got one half is the organization is out to kill androids and you've got this Michelle enjoying her school life. The two of them need to meld just a little bit better. Strangely enough, I think this is definitely a comic that could be that could use a Buffy treatment. But like I said, at the same time, you've got way too many characters. But overall, you've got some really great plot development. You've got some great character development. You've got some really great characters here. They just need to have a chance to actually stand out a little bit more. The art, definitely a solid three. Again, it's you've got some really good stuff going on. But at the same time, there's just something seriously lacking on the ink work. There's definitely some people who are taking some time trying to do it right. Like I said, you've got some rust in all the right places. You've got some lawn spots in other areas. And you can definitely tell what everything is just based on the textures it is. So you've got some really good stuff going on in terms of there. It's just like I said, the ink work tends to be a little bit more simplistic than I'd like. The web design, solid four. I mean, there's some really good stuff going on. It's a really great design. It looks great. Definitely something is worth looking into just because of the website alone. So overall, we're looking at basically a three, two th uh, three and a third. So it's a really good comic. It just needs a little bit of work. If you're trying to look for something that's definitely interesting to check out, and you like a little bit of your uh, teenage angst, yeah, this is definitely going to be a comic you should definitely read. It's also got some really cool stuff you're looking at at the sci-fi angle. It's just in a lot of ways... I think our current technology has gotten a little bit past some of this stuff. Like I said, you've got androids that are having issues with eating and drinking. And I think we've gotten 
worked out ways in our current technology to deal with that kind of situation. So it sort of seems really weird to see that still a major issue. Also, you've got the Android requiring an actual power cord to recharge, and that just feels sort of weird, especially considering even now we can even recharge wirelessly. But like you said, overall, you've got a lot of really cool things going on in the comic. It just has some serious needs for improvement here and there. And then there's the Android Blues over at the duckwebcomics.com slash Android underscore blues. This is sort of a cool one, and we're going to have a little bit of fun with this one. Your basic setup is that you have Lisa, who's an Android, reboots right in the middle of, well, a crime scene. There's lots of dead bodies around her, and of course, she's holding the cleave that apparently killed everybody. The only problem is, is that she has absolutely no memory of what happened. She basically runs from the scene, escapes the police, has a few little problems with the law, gets rid of them, hooks up with a guy with a kid named Elvis, and they're on the run. Now, I know this sounds like there's a lot of cliches here and there, but the thing is that's really cool about this one is that it pretty much acknowledges the issues right off the bat. You know, it points out that, hey, this is a setup. We know this. It's pretty obvious. And we need to figure out who the real people did this in. So if I say you meet these people and they're not nice people. As a writer, there's a lot to unpack on this one. And I think that's arguably the most glorious thing about this comic. I've got some major issues with the comic, but we'll get to that in a moment. First off, in terms of the plot, this is incredibly nice and thick. Like I said, it acknowledges that there's some... Obviously, this is an obvious setup. You know, it actually has a little bit of fun pointing out just how obvious a setup this really is to people who track that kind of stuff. The cleaver, for example, is pretty much sharp. If it had actually been used to kill that many people it should be a lot more dull than it really is, you know? So there's little details like that when it comes to actually investigation. It's just, on top of that, you've got some... I love the villain. The villain is absolutely nuts, both of them. The basic situation is you've got the CEO of a local company is trying to actually instigate some sort of war, and so she obviously put Lisa right where she needed to be. And then, of course, booted her up right from there. Making it a little bit more interesting is you've got a psychopathic robot that's basically tracking, trying to track her down. The CEO, of course, is absolutely nuts in herself. But that just makes it so gloriously off the rails that it's absolutely fun to watch. I'd love to see this as a Cinemax series. And yeah, this would do well as a Cinemax series, and that needs to be noted here. Straight up, this is not a comic for kids. And if you go into this, assuming it is some sort of comic for kids, yeah, you're going to be running really quick. They have absolutely no problem doing full frontal nudity. They have no problem going after sexual topics. And of course, they don't throw in a little bit, have no problem throwing in a little bit of politics on the side. Basically, you know, the running gag is that Lisa has an absolute major problem keeping her clothes on. They just... Anytime she gets into a fight, they shred faster than Captain James Kirk's shirts do. I think they're actually made out of an inferior fabric. Anytime she gets around Elvis, 
and the two of them have some time off, clothes come off. Like I said, this would make a great Cinemax series. Plus, there's some real hardcore violence, and you've got all sorts of grisly stuff going on. You know, from that perspective, it's pretty cool. So, obviously, I don't have a problem with that, but, you know, I'm also above 18. Um, the basic problem you've got here, though, is that there's some really weird stuff going on in terms of... It's just... The basic problem here is that even though you've got some really great stuff in terms of character concepts... You know, you've got the psycho CEO, the psycho robot that's trying to kill off Lisa. You got Lisa has an a intimacy issue. That is, she has to be intimate with someone every so often. It doesn't have to be full on sex. It can actually be a little bit hugging and kissing type of thing. It can even be just in being in the same room. She needs some sort of human contact, or she basically goes into severe withdrawals. It's actually part of her programming. And yeah, this obviously means there's a little bit of cringy stuff going on because Elvis is a great kid, but he's only 16. Only a few months shy of 17, but he's still 16. And whereas I appreciate there are age of consent differs depending on where you are, having a 16-year-old going into sexual situations on any kind of regular basis definitely, it's cringy. There's just no other way to put it. On top of that, I mean, you've got... Elvis is doing all the standard. You're 16. You're going to basically have a really great woman who needs to have sex every so often. So you're going to take advantage of that. Even his online alias is Hector the Well Endowed. You know? And apparently shows that even though we don't get to see exactly what's being described. So there's some definite cringe issues here. But once you get past that, there's, like I said, there's some really cool stuff going on. The plot's moving on. There's an actually decent pace. It's not falling from the usual webcomic problem where you've got to, you know, it's going a lot slower than you'd see in an actual book. So there's, the pacing is absolutely incredible. Even though the characters do tend to be a little one-note, there's definitely some character depth there. I just wish they'd start bringing up on the character depth and quit going back to the character's default setting, so to speak. And as far as the plot goes, I love the fact that you've got the Hong Kong detective is having some fun tracking all this stuff down, trying to figure out what's all going really going on. It's going to be fun to see when he actually hits conflict with the actual military who's actually also in trying to track down the android down. Again, you've got a super strong, super agile character who just ki apparently killed a couple dozen ambassadors. Yeah, of course the military is going to be involved at some point. But for all of that, the character's actually, plot is actually really well developed. Like I said, it, this would make a great series if you could put it on Cinemax. It has everything a Cinemax series should have. It's got the sex, it's got the violence, it's got the really grim plot with a little bit of political taste thrown onto it. So, definitely a fun comic. The website design... I'm skipping ahead to that because it's a definitely poor. This is a, one of the problems I have with the bigger sites like Drunk Duck or Webtoons is that when you start doing the design for the sites itself, you start getting some issues. Here you've got a really simplistic archive and no real bonus features. I'm presuming everything's going to be fun at the, at the Patreon page. I hope so. But the basic problem is, is that is this website design is just way too simplistic. 
there's just not a whole lot of stuff really going on there. You know, it's the basic cover art, the panel for the page, or the page, the comic, and then the real basic navigation keys, and like I said, ultra-simplistic archive. Yeah, there's a comments at the bottom, but there's just nothing really there there as far as the web design goes. The art, however, is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, there's some really cool stuff going on. You Character designs are great. You've got some really great stuff. I mean, if you basically sort of got a very serious hardcore Blade Runner feel to it. If you decide to do Blade Runner as a Hong Kong thriller, you know, it's got some really great stuff in terms of that. You've got everybody looks different. There are no clones here. It's almost really, I want to say, got a heavy metal feel to it. But given how eclectic heavy metal gets, this is definitely towards the upper scale as far as heavy metal goes. You've got some really great character designs that tend to stand out. You, you know, you've got all the heavy set guys aren't ridiculously heavy set. They're realistically that. You know, they've got all the fat in all the right places, and it doesn't come off as just less expand areas. You, and I know it sounds weird, but one of the problems I've got when you have people of different shapes and sizes sometimes you tend to exaggerate. And here they're actually realistic proportion. You know, you've got some really huge guys running around and, hey, they're great looking, all things considered. It's just, I'm not really sure. The only problem that's turning me off about the art is that it tends to be a little too mature sometimes, which I know is really weird. But it's just, you'll have to see the artwork to do it. Like I said, it's some absolutely gorgeous stuff going on. You've got the shadings all there. The colors are all there. You've got some really incredible characters. These are some characters that could step right out of the panel, practically. Yeah, it's just, I can't... It's some really beautiful, some really gorgeous stuff. I mean, you've got all these really great facial expressions. You've got all these really cool things going on in terms of hairstyling and hair colors and eye shapes. And it's just, when you only see a comic, you tend to see everything is pretty much cloned from pretty much everything else. Nobody really stands apart. Even with two characters that are really different, you tend to see a lot of the similarities. In this situation, everybody has their own character design, and it works really well. You've got the Chinese detective who's short and stocky. You've got the crime lord, or wannabe crime lord, rather, who basically is really huge and rotund. You've got the 16-year-old kid who, okay, looks more like a 19-year-old, but still comes off as basically coming off really young. You've got the actual crime lord and his groupies that come off as just the people who are enjoying their crime just a little too much. You know what I mean? So as far as the artwork goes, you've got some really great stuff going on. All told, Android Blues gets a four for the writing. Some really great character design. Some really great mature stuff that actually works for the comic. Generally, when you see mature stuff in a comic, it people have way too much fun working on the mature stuff and forgetting you're actually trying to do something entertaining. Here you've got the character and you've got the plot development and you've got the mature stuff is thrown in on top of that and it just simply works. The art, absolutely fabulous. This is incredible art. You've got some really great colors. You've got some shading. You've got some really char great character expressions. 
you know, you've got some really great stuff in terms of the art. It's just, this is a really beautiful comic. A good solid four. Website design, it's serviceable, so we'll go with a solid three. Also, that puts us to a total of three and two thirds. Again, that's Android Blues at duckwebcomics.com slash capital A Android underscore capital B Blues. Definitely check this comic out. I mean, obviously, uh, if you're underage, don't. I obviously can't recommend it for obvious reasons there, but if you're of age and you're looking for something that's a little bit more mature, but not too cut, you know, too cutting close to the mature, and it's actually having some fun with the actual plot and characters. Hey, this is an incredible comic. Definitely check this one out. So again, a uh, nice little shout out to our friends over at Duck Web Comics at duckwebcomics.com. Definitely check them out if you're trying to start up or you're trying to look for something interesting. They can definitely help you out. Also, if you like what you hear today, please check us out at patreon.com slash two sparrows, T-W-O, and subscribe. I mean, you some really cool tips and tricks and really great stuff for writers and artists. And occasionally we throw some weird stuff up there as well. Definitely worth your uh, $5. Also, check us out over at YouTube. Yes, there is a webcomic reviews and interviews YouTube channel. What's really cool is that even though it's basically nothing more than audiograms of the webcomics, so it's basically more of a something you're going to put on in the background while you're doing other things, the really cool thing about it is that it is actually set up for different playlists for different topics. So if there's something you're looking for, in terms of, say, general writing tips, comic illustration tips, world building, how to keep a little bit healthy, and also how to do business, hey, we've got this playlist set up for you. And that's sort of the cool thing is that we can actually set those playlists up. So again, check us out. Have a little bit of fun with the podcast. And I hope to talk to you later. Have a great day.